Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Ops Confessions. Uh, I am Anpi, and I have the pleasure to run customer success here at Matkudu. And one of the things that I love about this is the ability to interact uh, with the most brilliant marketing leaders uh, that are out there. And so today, I have the pleasure to discuss with one of them, Robbie Wetzel, um, who is uh, leading marketing ops and technology uh, here at Splunk. Uh, just for everybody, Splunk is this platform that you use to be able to monitor security and performance of uh, your different applications. So, Robbie, pleasure to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Anne. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So before we get started, I just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping and welcome everyone. So you have the chat, and if you want to share any questions, please engage, please interact. The goal is that you have Robbie here, uh, who will be very happy to share with you a uh, uh, personal experience and he's been on different things so let's get started uh, Robbie when uh, we were preparing this session uh, I was so impressed by uh, your background and where you came from and what drove you to this mops world um, so you told me that you started as a graphic designer so do you want to tell me more about yeah, yourself yeah so I was thinking about it more and it's it's been almost 20 years since I started my professional career um, out of school, I started as a graphic designer slash production artist. Um, found out pretty quick that I was not very good at the design portion of everything, but I was good at the production of things and assets that came from somebody else's um, design. So pamphlets, business cards, signage, that that type of stuff. Um, but when I started doing those, those projects, I kind of learned the end-to-end -end process of campaign building. Um, I learned the project management role and timeframes and how things should move from one section to another. Um, so from there, I kind of turned into a project manager um, at an education company that purchased Eloqua. But at the time that they purchased it, they didn't have anybody to run it or admin it or whatever it be. They just kind of threw it on the table and said, hey, somebody go learn it. I picked it up and it was probably one of the best things that I did for myself uh, career wise because it's opened so many uh, doors for me in that. Um, I kind of learned it on my own. I did the, the Eloqua University courses, um, but it was a lot of trial and error. Definitely more errors were happening, um, but it was at a point where I don't think marketing operations had really formed. It was marketing automation. So. I, I was just figuring it out. Everybody else was figuring it out. And the coolest thing for me was that I could just say, hey, this person opened an email, go send them something else. So it was very basic. Um, so I, I did a lot of stuff on my own and, and learned things that I thought was correct. But then as I moved on and I got into the consulting side of things, that's where I really learned the true process of uh, discovery, designing, solutioning, and then the implementation side um, of those projects. Um, it, it taught me how to scale processes, how to create documentation. Never knew what a technical requirements document was, uh, a business requirements document, or even how to do a Visio flow. But now this, when a new project starts, that's the initial thing that I do is documentation and Visio flows so I can get everything uh, created before moving on into the platform. Um, 
at the same time, learning those production skills from an automation standpoint, I really got into the soft skills, um, the communication, uh, relationship building, flexibility, and probably the, I guess the best thing that I'm probably good at is just customer service internally, nice. working with uh, customers on the consulting side and now bringing it uh, in-house. Mm -hmm. I really learned how to communicate to different personalities and, and manage those, those aspects of everything. That's fascinating. And that's very interesting to hear that you actually, you, you discovered this marketing ops uh, world uh, kind of randomly or by necessity, you were the one who took on, you know, these Eloqua processes and who, who, who said, okay, let's figure it out and let's make it work. Um, so I love the fact that you, yeah, it went from marketing automation to actually the need for someone who would do uh, operations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, super interesting. And also, I love the fact that you are sharing as well that uh, consulting was also a, um, a great school um, for also the relationship management and project management, program management. We know that, I mean, it's interesting that we keep hearing it's a great school for different uh, different projects and nice to see that, yeah, in your case, it helps you a lot uh, in terms of what you are doing right now uh, when you're at Splunk. Um, so, yeah, su super, super insightful, super exciting. Um, speaking of which, can you tell me um, from your perspective, like how do you consider yourself uh, and how do you consider MOPS uh, in an organization, within your organization? Like, yeah, who are you? What are you doing? And yeah, what's yeah, your I, I think for me, it's, and I think my colleagues, if they're on here, are going to understand it. It's kind of, you're behind the scenes, right? You're, you're, you're doing things that nobody else is seeing. Um, but we're also we treat everybody as an internal customer. Um, so I want team members or individuals who aren't on our team, but they use a platform that we're managing. I want them to reach out to me or our team um, if they're stuck. If they know some things to do or they have documentation, perfect, you know, go, you can figure it out. But come to us when you're stuck. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. We'll figure it out. And at the same time, we're doing that we're learning from those requests because maybe something else will come out of that. Um, but it's also giving uh, the internal customer the the, uh, the confidence to, to go do that on their own um, or maybe try to figure something out more before coming to our team to, to get their uh, project done. But I've always enjoyed the troubleshooting aspect of the projects too, um, where somebody says, hey, why didn't this lead make it over? or why is this lead stuck? And, and going and finding that uh, the issue and fixing it, um, it may lead to a bigger thing that needs to be fixed or just a quick fix. Um, but I kind of want to be, I, I say I, but but our team, I want our team to be the, the starting point um, for questions. Because I may not know the answer, somebody on our team will. But if our team doesn't know the answer, we at least know who to push those individuals to. Um, and it just it just kind of helps bring the different teams together um, because there's going to be questions or requests to another team that's probably meant for us that they're mm -hmm. going to hopefully push us push that person to our team as well. Yeah, um, I mean it's great to see that what you are saying is that you are the service of the team and you are really uh, helping uh, in uh, and being kind of the middleman in terms of all these things. You know, it's funny because for me it makes me think think of uh, one of the you know, my childhood heroes, MacGyver, 
Oh. You're kind of the MacGyver of, uh, for the team in terms of figuring things out. I like the fact that you're saying you don't necessarily know um, how it's going to be solved, but you like diving deeper and, and yeah, figuring it out. So, um, yeah, that's very, very, very interesting. And it's important to have, to have this person, to have these people uh, who are doing the connection and who are helping the team. I also like the fact that you say, uh, yeah, it's you are basically your, your internal customers is, our, is the other team members and you're kind of the internal customer success, customer service uh, of the team. They need someone to help and you are doing that. Yeah, that's yeah, very yeah, powerful. Yeah, you know, back to the MacGyver you know, <laughs> uh, comparison. I, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for that on Slack right now. I'm sure it's blowing up. Um, I can't build a bomb with just a needle or anything. So, um, but there's definitely memes going around in my Slack channel right now about that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's really who you are. No, that, that's really really great. Um, so, so it's interesting because you are saying you're introducing you know yourself as the guy behind the scene, and we talk a lot in the MOPS world around um, this operational excellence. Um, but how do we become more strategic as well? Or yeah, how do you how do you showcase everything you do, and how do, how are you in the front? Um, is this something that's for you? A, what's your perspective on it? Is it something that we need to do, or that, yeah? What's your take on this? I, I think it boils down to personality. Um, myself, I'm a complete introvert, so behind the scenes is where I'm going to excel and do my best work. Um, and it's it, it's okay. I think there's a need for behind the scenes work, obviously, to, to be happening. That you don't always have to, uh, you know, be the smartest person in the room or put your face out there for everything or comment on everything. Um, you know, I I feel like if you're behind the scenes and you know your your manager, your colleagues are seeing what you're doing, you know, they should be able to recognize your work um, and kind of provide the opportunity for you to be front-facing if you want that because just some people just don't it's not it's not in their characteristics to be you know uh, leading you know face-to-face -face meetings or just putting their face out there um because just not they're not comfortable with it i mean i personally i i had issues with it before but i'm trying my best to embrace that portion of it all where I can be out there and I can do exactly what we're doing right now, like completely uncomfortable at the moment, right? I don't know how it's going. I hope it's going well, but this is completely out of my comfort zone, but I'm probably going to gain something out of this. Um, I'm just not, you know, I'm not sure what that is yet, but it's okay to be behind the scenes. You don't yeah. have to, like, it's completely fine. And by the way, you're, you're doing great, Robbie. And I really appreciate that, uh, yeah, you're putting yourself in front out there and speaking for the introverts, uh, being the voice of the of the introverts and sharing that it's okay. Yes, it is okay. I really love that because sometimes you put people put them put too much pressure on themselves in terms of, you know, going out there, being visible on LinkedIn, um, especially with social network. It's something like, you always need to be out there, but no, what you are saying is let's listen to yourself, listen to your own self and what you want to be, what you, what you're comfortable where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, it's, you know, I, I don't post on social media, I definitely don't post on LinkedIn. 
I probably should. Um, but I always think, what do I have to say that somebody wants to hear about? Why would somebody want to hear what I have to say? Um, so I just kind of, I always have that in the back of my mind. Um, so I definitely don't uh, post much on social media. Yeah, and it's interesting what you, what you are saying, and and thanks for for sharing that. That you you also like being uh, behind the scenes, and that's something that attracts you uh, with mobs. Um, so so yeah, I think that's one of the things, right? In uh, internal operations, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that that we see. Um, and, and Robbie, to, when what you were sharing, it's interesting because you you were were just saying um, you know, if people want to listen to what you have to say like this imposter syndrome is something where, yeah, you're saying it's, yeah, it's potentially something that's blocking you uh, from sharing. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I would say that there's there's probably a lot of people who don't speak up just because they're, they're afraid that they're going to say something incorrect or somebody's going to challenge them or they're just not confident in what they have, um, have to say. You know, and that's probably true. I know it's definitely happened to me. Uh, before, but sometimes you just have to say something and get it out there, whether it's right or wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, I know it's tough to kind of speak up in certain settings. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's very true. And thanks for sharing for, for sharing this, this perspective. It's not easy, but sometimes when it's necessary, that's when you will have to speak up and, and yeah, you will have to share it. Um, so, so speaking of this, I know that, uh, that you, you, so you talked about, you know, the, the ability to, to fix things. You talked about, yeah, the guy behind the scene. But what do you think is important uh, in your position or for, for a MOPS uh, career? What are the skills uh, that are required to be successful or that are important to, yeah, to, to develop, to be successful with the company? Yeah, I, I think for my specific role on my team, it's um, relationship building, um, making sure that the team members and those outside the team are uh, comfortable with, with asking the questions and, and that they know they can go to you, whether you get that answer or not, you're at least going to point them in uh, the direction of who's probably going to get, uh, get you to that answer that you need, but also training them on certain aspects of a platform that they're probably going to do and they're just not comfortable with it and as they do the repetition and they get that muscle memory down they're going to understand how to do that project or that portion of the application on their own um kind of leave the bigger the bigger items to us the strategic items bigger projects um to us and kind of behind the scenes themselves doing doing little things on their own um you know i know i know people in mobs don't want to be order takers and i agree with that but it's sometimes sometimes you just have to be an order taker sometimes we have to put a band-aid fix um, on something but it also comes down to documentation um, you know it's great that we can create all this documentation it's great that we can have it um, but it needs to be accessible to whoever needs to get to it if we just have it in five or six different places they're not going to be comfortable going to get those documents that um, they need to continue on with their, what they're doing. Um, so we like to house all those documents in one spot and point them in that direction. Um, and as we meet and go through different requests and projects, we try to add to that documentation. So 
that's a kickoff starting point for um, their project or their request. Uh, the, the other thing for me is I feel like we, we throw the word expert around a lot. Um, and there's yeah. plenty of experts out there, but you know, what I like to think of it as, you know, I know more in the system than somebody else, but that doesn't mean that I can't learn something from somebody who just started in the system because you've been in it so long, you've been doing it so long, you may overthink something where it's a very basic fix or basic update that that user who just started kind of brings to life. Because I, I, I'm always learning from requests that come in or questions that somebody has. Um, and as I talk through it with them, I kind of think to myself, oh, I could have done it this way. So next time I'll eliminate this, these steps that I have in there that are redundant or, or whatever it is. Um, but it's, you know, I want somebody to be on the same level of education in the system as I am. And I want people to feel comfortable in whatever they're doing, because I know for me, and when we talked about it before this, my biggest fear is, is just not being prepared for something. Um, so I, I try, you know, I try my best to be prepared for every situation, any backup plan that has to, to happen. Um, but if I'm not prepared, uh, I'm completely uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and it, it it's very interesting what you are sharing also uh, I, w I would like to come back on the piece which is that you are um, you need to be, to, to be humble in terms of your knowledge and what uh, and what other people can bring you as well not not showing yourself okay I'm gonna fix this I know better than you but also uh, collaborate with team so I really love that yeah it's it's something that's uh, that's uh, that's very interesting to hear uh, because sometimes when you know whenever when people come to you they they really they think they're going to solve everything and here you are ready to yeah to, to open this and and what's very interesting as well what I heard from you and I wanted to come back to this a bit further is really this notion of this knowledge transfer like how do you make sure that you transfer the knowledge um, to the rest uh, to the rest of the team and how you empower the team. Uh, not only by sharing with them how to do things, but also by documenting, uh, yeah, the way to do things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the knowledge transfer. I feel it all starts with with documentation. Um, you know, and you, we can absolutely over document something, um, but it's probably it's probably needed uh, to to have all this documentation and somehow be able to bring it back um, together. But you know, it's kind of understanding the, their current knowledge that they have of, of a system or a process, whatever it is, um, and just kind of keeping it basic, not get too far into the weeds of all the details. Um, I like to, you know, like I said, gauge where they are uh, in the system, how long they've used it, uh, if they've ever used it. Um, but sometimes you get requests where, you know, that somebody says, hey, I need this done right now. Um, and it shouldn't take more than an hour, right? So then if you actually get on the phone and you screen share and you show them, physically show them stuff in the system of, hey, this is what we have to change. We got to change this. It connects here. Then they visually see and they're like, okay, maybe it's not an hour. And it's not going to be a quick fix. Do we need to do a Band-Aid fix? Do we need to uh, regroup and, you know, solution for something broader for, for down the road? Um, so 
it's it's you know when they ask for those types of requests they're coming from a position where they just they don't understand everything that's happening in the system so you kind of have to show them that a little bit just to let them know that it's not you know it's not a quick fix um but i've done trainings where i just record myself on zoom and it's straight two hours and i'm by myself i have a script off to the side of what i'm walking through um and i get through it and i'm able to share that out right to to everybody on the zoom um they can go back and watch it and come up with questions you know point them in the right spot for any type of documentation um but it's all right it's it all gets catered to what type of training it is and how big of a training it needs to be um definitely makes it a lot easier you know being at home um you have your own kind of silo of being able to do it yourself versus in a room with 10 or 12 people where six of them probably six of them probably aren't really paying attention and focused on what you're showing um and it just it, it disrupts those who do want to learn the systems. Yeah, and and uh, two hours of video. Wow, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's uh, that's yeah. but that's nice that you that people are listening to this and then reviewing this because if it's a how to and uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's really nice. I I wanted to yeah to what something that resonated with me a lot, um, especially with operations is is that people who have the ask take it for granted or start with the assumption that it's going to be a very quick fix or a very easy thing to do. Yeah. Like the isn't it just question. Yeah. And, and you have to show them, I mean, you know the complexity of things and then you have to find the right balance or communicate in a way where they will understand yeah. it and understand the impact. Yeah, and I think that's transparency too. Right. Um, just being upfront and honest, you know, yeah, it could take me an hour to fix it, but that fix is going to cause trickle down effects in other systems. That's a, mm -hmm. a bigger thing. Um, you know, with, with all systems now being integrated, you know, if you make one change, that one change can affect four or five different systems. So, you know, it's just, it just, it all goes back to the education of things basically, um, and how the systems work, how they're connected and not everybody's going to know that. So when those requests come in, you can't you can't fault them for asking in that way because mm -hmm. they just they just don't know. And there's plenty of things that I don't know that I've had to figure out too. Um, mm -hmm. You know, coming to to Splunk, this is this is the first position where there are full blown teams for for everything. Where I'm used to being able to go into all the different systems and um, you know go as far as I can without messing things up, but you know, I myself have to reach out to other teams now to um, get something fixed or to investigate something. Mm -hmm. But when I do that, I try my best to do as much investigation up front on my end to go as far as I can go. So when I come to them, I could say, hey, here's the issue. Here's what I think is happening, but I don't have, you know, the access to, to fix it or, um, you know, things like that. So I, I try to make it so where they don't have to spend too much time looking for something, I, I can come to them with what I think is the problem and they can just start from there. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, it's interesting what you're saying and, and you were sharing that yeah, with me uh, uh, earlier when we were preparing this session is that you come from this world where you used to work on all the different systems and tools and, and know all of them. 
and and when you when you enter companies that are scaling and that are much larger there needs to be specific yeah uh, um, specialization and uh, different teams uh, handling the different systems yeah because the, the processes are bigger right the the teams are bigger the asks are are bigger um so i completely agree and understand with all the teams it was just kind of a learning curve for me that I can't just go jump in, in Salesforce and do something. I have to go through these uh, ticket requests and protocols and all that to, to get it done. Um, but you're right, it keeps everything centralized too, um, to where you're not having 10 or 12 different users from six or seven different teams messing something up. So it, yes. it has a purpose. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and I think it resonates a lot. Uh, with uh, you know what we what we hear in the market and in terms of uh, you need to task uh, and to uh, and and size the team properly uh, like if you how many people team members do you need how many people do you need sometimes in in most cases what we hear is that it's it's smaller it's smaller organizations there's not that there not there are not enough people to do all the all the work that's needed and here it's nice to see that you. Yeah, that uh, that you manage to find a place where actually this is handled properly, and we understand the complexity. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I would say internally here at, at Splunk, at least from like I said, my team, my my position, I think we're staffed correctly. Um, we we have enough give and take. Um, you know, if somebody's out, we're we're able to to backfill for however long we need. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and it, and it's it's good to know you have you have that backup. Um, and you're not being stressed out on having to fix five or six different things um, at the same time. Yeah, I'm curious to know, uh, yeah, in the audience, if it's if it's something also that, uh, yeah, if you are as lucky as Robbie, or if 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 that's you know bandwidth and being able to, uh, yeah, to to have this understanding from the management team is something that uh, that you are experiencing as well. It would be interesting to know. Um, Continuing, continuing on, on this notion of like training the team, documentations, um, in the with all the different systems uh, that that we are using. You were you were mentioning Eloqua before. We hear a lot about certifications, um, and I would love to get your take on if that's something you think is needed uh, for MOPS to be successful from a career perspective, um, or yeah, if you think that experience matters more, like would love to get your perspective on this because it's very trendy. Yeah, that, this is probably going to be a tough one to, I don't know, not necessarily talk about, but there's going to be um, a lot of back and forth on it. But me personally, I could care less about certification because in my eyes, at least for me, the certifications haven't provided me anything other than right, you, you, you kind of get stressed out preparing for the certification. And then if you don't pass that certification or that exam, you start second guessing yourself. Well, what do I know? Do I know anything? What was the point of that certification? What have I been doing for the last three or four years? Um, you know, I, I took the Eloqua exam, I think it took me three times to pass it. And I passed it on the third time and I barely passed it. Um, so, you know, I, I was second guessing everything that I had been doing for the last eight, eight years. But to that, when I got that certification, I didn't, I didn't really get anything out of it. I didn't progress my career or anything. I didn't make more money or anything like that. 
It was just something that I could tag on a resume or in my LinkedIn profile. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not a reason or not a purpose to have certifications. I'm sure there's other job types that need to have certifications. I would imagine some sort of developer um, or you know web development. Um, it's good to have a certification. But for me, I, I feel like with how I've trained users, as long as you're willing to, to learn the new system and you're open-minded, you can learn all of this in time, right? And the real world kind of experience or practical use cases, you're mm -hmm. gonna learn more from that than anything. Because when I made when I made the jump from learning Eloqua by myself and then moving to the consulting side where the consulting side had other uh, Eloqua admins and users, I learned from them how to create the documentation, how to build things in a scalable way that I just didn't know before and I wouldn't have learned from the certification. Um, so it's, I, I say that the certifications aren't needed. If I was a hiring manager, I'm not gonna go look at if somebody's cert certified in five or six different areas. I want to see how the person is. I want to talk to them, understand where they've come from and where they want to go. And we can figure everything out system-wise, you know, as we go down the, uh, the road. Yeah, and uh, that, that's very helpful. I like the fact that you are saying, okay, there is a world actually in the market where certifications are important for your resume. Like uh, there are some companies that are going to indeed to look at this or to 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 require this uh, yeah and you know I, I even got a part of certification and i thought because i knew eloqua because it was one of the the top tier platforms at the time if i did part out i'd be able to pick it up real quick and get that certification mm -hmm. took me three times to pass that certification mm -hmm. right so then once again you're starting to think do i know anything um you know you do but it's just that I never got anything out of it, but that's just, that's me, right? Th that's how my career path has gone. Um, I'd much rather want to get that certification myself versus somebody saying, hey, you need to be certif uh, certified in this or on a job description, you need to do one, two, three, but at the same time, you know, you need to be certified in these three platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that keeps people from applying for those positions where they probably excel in that, they're just fearful of doing it because they don't have that certification. Right, and and, and it's interesting. Uh, yes, Meredith, uh, thanks for, for your comment that no one can possibly uh, know everything uh, uh, about one one single platform, and so and so there are so many platforms out there. So mm -hmm. so and that's interesting what you are saying, Rob, Robbie, around okay, you you knew Eloqua, you had to learn how to leverage Pardot. How has this been in terms of transitioning and always learning new tools? Because that's really what we see in the in the maps industry. You always need to be to to stay on top of everything that's uh, yeah that's out there. Yeah, if, if I if I use right learning Eloqua over ten years and then having to also learn Pardot, right? You you compare the systems, right? You're in Pardot and you're like, well, why can't it do what this does in Eloqua? But then why can't Eloqua do what Pardot? does um so it, it's really just um being patient with it um you know getting in there i'm a big fan of just getting in the system 
whether it's sandbox or production, and just click around. Find where everything is. If you see the save button, just don't click save, right? You're not going to mess anything up. Um, I, I know there's things about building production versus sandbox. Um, I was always a production guy. Um, luckily, I haven't been burnt by that yet. Um, but, you know, I, I just like to get in there and spend a day or a week or so just clicking around and then you come across something and uh, what is this? Now I can go to that documentation side from that company and find out what that section does, what this, uh, this certain module does. Um, but it's it, it's nice to get the different, you know, learning different applications and understanding what they do. Um, because there's like nice to haves in Pardot and there's nice to haves in Eloqua that each of them, um, one of them does, but the other doesn't. Um, and you just think to yourself, well, why isn't that in this system anyway? Yes. And, and it's interesting because you, so you personally, you started with, uh, with Eloqua and then learned other, other tools. Is this something where, where you know the complexity of the different tools? Is there a recommendation that you would have for, for people who, for example, start their career um, or the ones that want to develop more? Like, yeah, do you have recommendations in terms of which tools that they should look at first and how, how they should develop their skills uh, across the different platforms? I think that's all going to come down to what position they're, you know, they're applying for, they're trying to get. Um, but I, I had to learn part of because from the consulting side, I, I was doing multiple, uh, multiple things um, and adminning multiple systems. So, you know, my, my job description kind of forced me to, to learn that application. If I didn't have to, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have. Like probably at this point in my career, I should probably know Marketo, mm -hmm. but I don't know Marketo. I don't, I've been in it a couple of times, but I don't physically know how to do anything in there. Um, so it's kind of, I was biased toward, towards Eloqua just because um, that's the system I used, but mm -hmm. there, there's no, there's no harm in learning new systems. Um, I think there's enough documentation and YouTube videos out there that you can get a good idea of what they do um, and how they're used, but you're not going to get uh, the correct education until you physically use the systems in a live uh, setting. Yeah, and it's all this point that you're, I mean, I like this because we are, yeah, you, you we are always coming back to, to, to this point, which is learning by experience and mm -hmm. learning by doing is really, uh, really key. Uh, and the practical, yeah, the, the practical aspect of, of leveraging these tools. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, for the, the best way that I've learned has has been from my colleagues at whatever job I was at. Um, because I, there were just things that I didn't know that I don't think I would have, uh, that I shouldn't have known until somebody showed me. Um, we go back to the documentation. When I first started out, I never did any documentation. Mm -hmm. I was building straight in, in the platform. Um, and then once somebody really showed me how to create the documentation, how to use these requirement documents and kind of uh, mix them together, that was like, why haven't I been doing this like for the last five years? Because I caused myself so many hours of work 
and, and stress and pain and all that stuff, just trying to figure out where I went wrong, where mm-hmm. documentation would let me find out those mistakes before I went um, and started building it. So I, I like learning internally from, from everybody. Um, I, I don't think that I know everything and I know I don't know everything. So every now and then, like there's little things that pop up that I probably should have known. I just never did because I never had a practical use for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of blows your mind that, oh, why didn't I know that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, I know my, my colleagues here are getting a kick out of me. <laughs> so, so Meredith here is talking about Marketo and stuff. Uh, but, yes, you will know it soon. <laughs> That's great. And, and it's, and yeah, what I, what I hear here is what's, what's interesting is there are, there are a couple of things that I hear and, and that resonate from, from what you are saying. One is um, finding the right mentor to show this to you. For example, the documentation, it seems that during your consulting experience, that's where you learned. Uh, and uh, and you probably had the right people to explain to you how to do things or the right methodology. So uh, yeah, is this something also that has helped you so in your career? And how would you advise people on? Yeah, I, I think at each, each position I've had, um, there's been different mentors um, that have helped me with the, the kind of the next progression in my career, um, you know, um, where I'm at now, I'm a pretty humble person when it comes to what I do and what I know. Um, but I think, you know, our team sees that and they're the ones that kind of get it out there for me. Um, so it's something that I'm, you know, it's, I'm trying to work towards that. Um, but it's a tough transition because I have, I've never, I've never been, like that before um but yeah I, I mean i've learned something from every position i have even if i go back to uh, when i first started and i was designing stuff that's where i really learned a lot of patience patience with the process just because i had never been in a setting where um right you design something and you send it out to the client and then you're doing 10 or 12 rounds of revisions where you think it's complete and then last minute things come in. So it was kind of right out of the gate. Um, we're, you know, right out of the gate, I was learning how to just be patient um, and, and move on to the next next item. Well, you have some kudos from Alison here on, uh, yeah, your your openness, uh, your open approach is, yeah. It, it, if you have that, it seems that it's really a, a a magical skill to have because you can tackle any problem in a positive mindset. Well, it's it just goes back to, to how I like to troubleshoot stuff. Um, if somebody has come to me with, with a question or an issue, they came to me for a reason because either they think I should know it or it's something that I can help them move to the next person, like we said before with. Um, yeah. If I can fix it, I will. Um, but I'm not going to leave them, you know, high and dry. I'm going to let them, you know, push them on to the person or the team that should fix it. Or maybe it's not something that needs to be fixed. Maybe, maybe it was a list upload that was done incorrectly. Maybe it's not a system issue. Maybe it's just the, the start of the process was, was incorrect. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just being open-minded, um, and being willing to, cause sometimes you got to do the tedious stuff, right? It's just, it's there. You have to do it. Um, so it's 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 nice to know that people are comfortable coming to me, um, 
to at least help start whatever issue they have and fixing it. Yes, and and, and also um, sometimes you know if you just share a documentation and you tell them go and see this. <laughs> Depending on the complexity, it's not going to work. So being able to to have this uh, this open mindset where you are here for them, yeah. um, that's what drives success as well. Uh, I don't know if it's something that you noticed as well when you write all this documentation and and how how you encourage people to use it. But some this is there's a learning curve here also on the on the recipient of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you create the documentation, there does have to be some explanation on how to use it or what it's really showing the end user. Um, and sometimes that documentation, I may build it right right then and there with uh, the end user on on a screen share. Um, or as we're talking, the end user is you know not they're saying something that means something completely different to me and we're just we're not we're disconnected on something. So then if you pull up a quick lucid chart and start kind of visually laying it out, then we can start getting to um, where that disconnect is and try to see what we're both trying to say. Eventually, you get to the outcome. Um, it's just the way people learn different, differently, right? So some are more visual, some will sit there and just listen all day. Um, so you kind of have to find that uh, that mix for each each person. Right. And it all comes down to the importance of scoping the problem and the diagnostics. Um... Yeah, um, that, you that too. Too. Like when when somebody requests something, you know, I, I think an immediate kind of not pushback, but I guess the answer is when is this needed? Is this a priority? Can it wait? You know, how long? Um, because you you, know, you got to get into prioritizing um, those projects. But that's also where internally for us on our team, we're staffed where we can manage those multiple items. Even if I take in the request, it can be pushed on to um, another team member who's got the same knowledge of the systems and the processes and the flows, and they can take that on and, and make the updates needed. Yes, really the knowledge transfer uh, is really key is what I hear from, from your message here, uh, here, Robbie. Um, that, that's really awesome. Is there anything else that any other advice that you would have uh, yeah, uh, for the audience here in terms of, yeah, uh, anything, any any last word that you would like to add, Robbie? Yeah, for. The, um, you know, not not really. Um, I would say just keep working. Um, you're gonna you're gonna figure it all out. There's gonna be things you don't know. Um, ask the questions. Do some trial and error. Click around. Um, just. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't think that that you know everything. That's yeah. The, the, that's the right, right. Nice, nice to end this on that note. In terms of, uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to 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 ask for help. And uh, if you if you don't know something, and if you have a question, I always tell that to you know to my team and the people I work with. There are probably a lot of other people who have exactly the same question. Absolutely. So, yeah, so daring to ask uh, is really important and uh, about what we know and uh, what we don't know uh, yeah, is really important. Well, thank you so much, Prabhi, uh, for, uh, for, for this session today and for your confessions. Um, I really love to see that 
you know, you're really down to the earth. You, you're willing to help and you're so open to, to everybody. Um, um, so, so, yeah, being the MacGyver for the team and being able to help by every, for me, that's, that's what I remember of, uh, of, of you and of what you shared today. It's really, uh, you're always here to help. You're always open. And it seems that, uh, you know, the people you work with uh, think about it as well uh, and think this yeah, way of probably, There's probably some memes of MacGruber going around now. Since he's, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I appreciate you having me on. This, this was good. Um, glad that it's over. Now I can relax a little bit, but that this was good. I enjoyed it. You you made it you, yeah you did a great job today and and we're so glad to 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 get the chance to talk to you and to to have this session today, um, and uh, so thanks everyone for 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 this time. Next week we will have the pleasure uh, to host Maria Velasquez, the director of Dimension at uh, Ferrud Security, another uh, security uh, solution, uh, and it was really a great pleasure for me to to talk to you, Robbie. Uh, and uh, thank you everyone and see you next time.